On today's show, our special guest is Debbie Franz, owner of A Bit of Taste, Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. We've got updates on the tragedy in the restaurant world with Poppy closing and RUI heading into bankruptcy, along with good things happening as well. Want to know what's happening in August calendar-wise? We'll tell you. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Hey, uh, if you would like to do something a little nice for the Pike Place Market Foundation and you want to have some fun with your food, then I want you to get online and go to seattledining.com and click on the CWC link up at the top. That's Cooking with Class. And I want you to learn about the event that we put on each year over at Salty's on Alki. Uh, we'll be doing it this year on September 12th. So you got time to sign up. And pick the chefs that you want to sit with because you're going to be sitting with three different chefs at night. You're going to be sitting at the table with them. They're going to be working you through some of their dishes and you're going to be helping them cook them. Oh, and guess what? After that, you get to eat it. So you're going to have a great time while you're there. We've got, we've got a lot of wineries that are represented. We've got a live auction. We've got a silent auction. And, uh, I've, I've been there. I've gone there 14, 15 years and never had a bad time. Really never had a bad time. So I want you to get online, seattledining.com, go to CWC, check out all the information. And I hope that we see you at Salty's on Alki on September 12th. Uh, this is Casper Dernier. I'm the owner of Casper Special Events and Catering. And welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the August Seattle Dining Show, number 1908. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Rock me, Mama, like a wagon wheel. Like a wagon wheel. This must be our Western show, because it's summer. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of rocking us, we recently saw a movie called Fed Up. And Highly boy, recommended everybody watch that movie. I was fed up after I read that or saw that. Um, you can find it on Amazon Prime, and I'm sure it's in other places as well. And it talks about the trouble we are in, along with the rest of the world, due to the type of food we eat. So we thought we'd just go over some of the highlights. In, in my mind, I'm thinking lowlights, because we're in trouble. Um, the one that really, really stuck out to me was that sugar is eight times as addictive as cocaine. Hmm. So is it any wonder people... Not, not to mention any names, but me, are so addicted to things like Coca-Cola. Um, I don't eat a lot of sugar like candy and things like that, but, boy, I love that Coke. So I'm getting my own cocaine that way, I guess. Yeah. Um, the other, well, it's white, you know. That's right. kind of powdery. It comes in yeah. a powdered format. See? I, I didn't think I had a drug problem, but apparently I do. Um, one of the huge problems that they brought out is the sugar lobby. And, and you'll notice that if you look on a list of ingredients on products you buy, it will say sodium or whatever is in the protein fat. 
mm-hmm. and then what the daily, what percentage, the amount that's in there and what that is percentage-wise in terms of your daily intake yep. that you need. Sugar will tell you how much is in there, but it never tells you that daily thing yeah. because they fought it. Because it would be like 3,000 more percent than you need. Can you imagine how much better this country be, would be without a sugar lobby and a corn lobby? Oh, my gosh. Lordy. Well, and that's one of the other things that came out of this is that the government did the wrong things. The government went from being a protector of all of us who pay for our government to protecting certain industries like the corn industry, like the sugar industry. Yep. So instead of telling us, wow, you know what the problem is? We're all eating so much sugar, it's ca- causing obesity. Even though we're fat, we are malnutritioned. Um, and yet what's happened is the, the lobbies get their way and we don't know the truth about our food and we keep eating and the government says if you just take in fewer calories than you expend, you'll lose weight. <laughs> and That's it doesn't school. happen. No. So um, <coughs> it's, it's been a really scary thing. And if you look at something, four grams of sugar is one teaspoon of sugar. Mm-hmm. What, what did you tell me was in So Coke? men are supposed to have uh, between 36 and, 36, gram, 36 and 39 grams of sugar a day. That should be the maximum. And women are supposed to have between, I think it's 26 and 29. And what's in a can of Coke? 25. 25. So it doesn't take you long to... You could do that with one can of Coke. Yeah. You could do it with a glass of orange juice. Mm-hmm. You could do it with a glass of apple juice. All kinds of stuff. That's one of the things when we started reading that book, Smart Fat, and it was like, skip the juice and eat the fruit. Right. And that is why. Yep. Yep. Um, but you can imagine, I can't imagine just eating a teaspoon of sugar. That would kill me. And yet I will eat 25 grams, drink 25 grams in a Coke. Yeah. You know. Um, you need to I pay won't. Well, well, yeah, but you know what? We've had this discussion. <laughs> Don't start me again on these diet drinks because there's something about the chemical process that fools your body and it's not doing what you think it should be there's doing. Some research being done on that still that's not conclusive yet. All right. Well, I'm not buying it. I've been lied to so many times. Um, when you're looking at labels, and you should be looking at labels all the time, um, do pay attention to what's added versus natural sugar. That's a difference, too. Not that you need a whole bunch of sugar, but if it's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a label the other day, and it, it showed that sugar total mm-hmm. without a, a daily mm-hmm. value. And then it showed added sugars, yes. and it did show a daily value. Oh, Which American Heart Association is the one who set the numbers that I just called off about yeah. the, the 30, 36 uh-huh. to 39. So uh, I don't know if that was a voluntary thing because I don't see it on, on every label. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, anyways. Huh. Um, the other thing about looking at uh, labels and things, I don't know. In my family, when I was growing up, it was like you if you had crackers, it was Triscuits or Wheat Thins. And, you know, they're both like wheat crackers. Well, mm-hmm. I was looking at it the other day just out of curiosity in the store. There's no sugar in Triscuits, but there's quite a bit of sugar in Wheat Thins. Mm. So, you know, you think it's healthy. Or like we were in Walgreens the other day, and they had 20-ounce cans or bottles of tea by the checkout counter, you know, one of those impulse buys thing. Yep. And you picked it up just to look. 25 grams of sugar. Wow. See? Just in tea, you know, you in think tea. you can eat tea. Yeah. So um, the other uh, 
really shocking thing to me because I've been out of school so long, but they had on this movie kids, school kids, who are, I mean, one kid is like 13 and he weighs 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's trying. He wants to lose weight. He doesn't want to be that way. He's got brothers who aren't that way. Um, so he's trying to lose weight. But the schools have actually gotten rid of kitchen cooking equipment, and they're bringing in things that can simply be reheated. So often your choices at school are burgers, fries, pizza, or nachos. All high in sugar. And, and all the other garbage that goes and, and with And not them. good fat, you know. It's all processed food. So, but even if for some reason, and there are some programs trying to get schools to be healthier, but even if schools turned it around, just turned it around completely, and were healthy for those kids, mm-hmm. they'd probably go off-site and eat someplace else. But even if they did, if they go home and their parents feed them pizza for dinner, Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken... Yeah, because that's the thing, you know, you can try to educate the kids at school, but unless you educate the parents, Mm -hmm. uh, it's only going to go so far. There was a family, it might have been that kid's dad, who said, you know, it's so difficult because this is how we eat. I think they were from the South. Texas. Texas. Um, And that's, you know, generations of people in in their family had eaten that way. It's, It's a cultural thing. Yep. And so, you know, it is a, a big reversal to, to stop this, but you can only do what you can do for yourself. If you have kids and they're in school, you can certainly, you know, try to do that. If the government wants to do something to change this, they're going to have to wake up and do the math because they are the ones who are providing all the tax breaks to the farmers mm-hmm. who are funding the lobbyists who are causing the obesity problem and on the other side, the government is also the one who's running the health care system mm-hmm. and paying out the money to try to take care of these sickly people. So they're paying money both sides to create this sickness. So the government needs to wake up, stop talking to the lobbyists, uh, don't worry about making them unhappy, yeah. and uh, get a new program, man. Yeah. And, you know, the, the sad thing is you would think who – who could live with themselves as a sugar lobbyist? Well, how long did the smoking cigarettes go on? Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, And the bottom line is we can't wait around for the government to do something for us individually. Right. We have to do it ourselves. So they could do whatever they want out in the cornfields and create mm-hmm. all the Monsanto jive and all the sugar drinks and all that stuff. But we still have access to organic food. We still have access to whole foods. Mm-hmm. As long as we have that. Whatever they're doing isn't going to affect us yeah. as greatly. It will affect us economically no matter what. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is you vote with your dollars. So if you buy organic, if you stop buying things with tons of added sugar, um, eventually, you know, that stuff gets sold out. And then the stores who are selling it are going, listen, all this other stuff's on the, on the shelves still, but we've got to get more of this organic stuff in. It's going to turn it around Slowly, but it will turn yeah. around. Some, some people laugh at me when I talk about, you know, that I eat organically as often as possible. And, uh, you know, we look at things like dead zones down in the Gulf of Mexico and the oceans are getting messed mm-hmm. up from all the fertilizers that are coming out of 31 states in the United States going down the Mississippi River. Yeah. So if you don't want to support dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico, the Santa Monica Bay, you name mm-hmm. it, they're everywhere. If you don't want to support that kind of activity on the environment, start eating organic. Yeah. Turn off the switch on all of this uh, non-organic product that's sprayed with all these pesticides. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was in this movie that 
struck me a lot was, I think it was, again, this one family. The one kid is quite heavy. One kid is, yeah, yep. chunky sort of, and one kid's thin. Um, and they have a test they they can look at. They do a scan on the body. On a scan on the body. And what were they finding? Uh, one, of the, one of the kids that was not overweight had all the potential of being overweight because he had all those tissues and whatever. And the fat he had in his body was very bad belly fat, yeah. even though he didn't look fat. So yeah. you can have, you can say, well, gee, I don't look bad. I'm, I'm actually thin. I'm under, you know, under the weight thing guideline. But um, if you've got a ton of belly fat, you probably are going to end up with some kind of disease. Yep. So bottom line, whole, real food. That's all we're saying. And read your labels. And, you know, best if you're not buying foods that have labels. Yeah. You know, if the because- more foods you buy without labels... Buy whole nuts. Yeah. Buy uh, the label should read organic, grass fed as often as possible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. This is the Seattle Dining Show. I don't know where we got off on this national topic of obesity and garbage food because I think it's very important. I agree with you. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and we are going to. Uh, oh, I know you want to talk about where yeah. we've been eating. So we, we've let's been eating, not take a break yet. Yeah, we've been eating so few places it'll go quick. Um, <laughs> okay. We, I, I got sick, and then we left town to run a motorcycle uh, tour in Idaho, and now we're back. And so we haven't – I don't have a lot. The one thing I was going to bring up was that we went to the Motif Hotel downtown and the rooftop that's part of Frolic. Now, Frolic is reconcepting. So that will – look at the end of the year, uh, start of the year for something new up there, which will be fun. But right now it's Frolic. They're doing uh, music during the summer. I believe it's Thursday nights. And we went up one night and had a couple things. We had some Brussels sprouts. We had a grass-fed barbecue sandwich, a spinach dip. And it was just, you know, if you're a city person and you're sitting on that rooftop with all Seattle's buildings towering above you and you're kind of above the fray, it's not really loud, and there's music and great drinks and food, it's very fun. It's something to take in. It's a good It's one of those memories you want to take with you and keep with you because, you know, the next time you try it, it might rain. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Good chance of that. But. All right. Well, we were uh, staying out in Clarkston, Washington the other night, and uh, we bumped into a very nice restaurant in Clarkston, which that's sort of like an oxymoron. Nice restaurant, <laughs> Clarkston, Washington. But uh, next time you're out that way, you want to check out what's called Saute on 6th. And it's uh, owned by Chef Proprietor Terry. I don't recall his last name. Um, and he's cooking up some pretty good food. Yeah. Much better than some of the old steakhouses that are in there in the Clarkston-Lewiston yeah. area. Uh, fresher ingredients. I can't say they're all organic, and they mm-hmm. weren't really touting that. But they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're making an attempt at bringing good food to that region of the world mm-hmm. that is not so good food. Yeah, they had a nice, um, I believe it was steelhead dish. We had a shrimp scampi. They had a special on Wagyu, a 10-ounce Wagyu steak. I had a gazpacho. Gazpacho. And I had just a, just a green salad, but it had um, grapes and walnut oil, walnut raspberry vinaig- vinaigrette, um, actual grapes on the salad, goat cheese. It was delicious. Grape tomatoes or grapes? Grapes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So very nice. So that's kind of our wrap-up on where we've been eating lately. All right, now let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the news bites about what's been going on around the Puget Sound. Sounds good. 
Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Chad, and I live in Shoreline, but I love to go down to Seattle and dine at the Harvest Vine. This is Russell Lowell, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the owner and publisher, and I'm here with the front of the house, yes. Connie Adams, the woman who makes it all happen here at Seattle <laughs> Dining. I don't know why I'm laughing. I think that's absolutely true. So we're going to get into our news bites. What's going on? Well, you know, the big news that's just causing tragedy and drama throughout the city is that Jerry Tronfeld is closing Poppy. On August 4th, after 11 years, you know, it seems like it's been there forever for me, like maybe 40 years. Of course, he's not that old. But um, he, the good news about this is that he has sold the location to Nathan and Rebecca Lockwood, who own Altura across the street. And Altura has always been wonderful, but it got very uh, sort of high-end and pre-fee. So they're, they're going to open across the street from themselves and do kind of their original concept. So I think that that's a really fun thing that's going to happen there. And then uh, Chef Garrett Doherty, who has been running Lionhead, which is also Jerry's, will continue to run that, as far as I know, from talking to their PR people. So the uh, other big story from last month that's causing more drama. More drama. Is that uh, RUI is applying for Chapter 11 and closing the Palomino in Bellevue. Uh, what we discovered is that of its 2,000 employees, fewer than 200 are full-time. So these guys are making money and putting the profit somewhere because they're, not paying, they're not paying benefits to 1,800 employees. Yeah. Uh, their debt load stands at nearly $40 million. Apparently, a lot was spent to develop the Henry's Tavern concept. Almost, almost forty million. And you know, there's two in Seattle. They and the first one I think was down in Portland. There's one in the Portland Airport, but apparently the Seattle ones were really expensive. Yeah, yeah. One's in Bellevue, so maybe that's part of it. So who knows where that's all going to go? What they really want to do is sell the company. So uh, by going into bankruptcy, it makes it easier for them to sell the company. Yeah. You know, I, I watched this whole thing go down with Hoggins several years ago. Oh, yeah. A and Albertsons. Store. And the whole, you know, people were making money left and right each time it got sold and then sold back and sold and closed. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah, I just kind of hate to see this kind of monkey business going on. I do, too. And you do feel like there's monkey business going on. Mm-hmm. So, or poor management going on, which is just as sad. But sticking on the drama closure ride, Tango has called it quits. But uh, the bright side of this one is that owner Travis Rosenthal still has Rumba, which is next door to Tango. He has Sandpoint Grill, and he's got the Agua Verde Cafe. 
So that famous Tango El Diablo dessert that gets talked about so much, it will live on. I remember going to Tango when it was in Eastlake. Yeah. What was her name? Daniela? Daniela? Yeah, Danielle. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And really good food. Yeah. I'm so. sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, in August, Ethan Stoll is going to partner with San Juan Seltzer to open a food spot at Schooner Brewing Company in the Soto District. Uh, expect steamed clams... Crab cakes and more with kind of an island feel. Kind of an island feel. Because, you know, we've got 50 days, no, 30 days a year that make you feel like you're on an island. Yeah. Um, Another coming closure is Thai Kitchen on top of Queen Anne. That's been around a long time. I'm not really sure how long, but man, it's been uh, over uh, over 20 years. Yeah. The owners are retiring, but I think what's really prompting this is that the property owner is planning a redevelopment of 40 studio apartments and 1,400 square feet of real estate, uh, of retail space. The gentrification continues. Yes, and so we're hoping that, uh, in fact, there was an article in the Queen Anne newspaper that um, people were saying to the property developer, don't change this little village of Queen Anne like everything else is being changed. Make it something that fits. Kind of late. Well, yeah, it's changing. But I think more than 50% of the real estate on Queen Anne Avenue on top has converted yeah. in the last 15 to 20 and years. And there's been um, huge angst about it, and nothing has gone up more than four floors. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's going to change. But um, if you can keep it not, you know, really tall and, and just boxy and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. Um Construction wouldn't start probably till the fall of 2020, and the restaurant will be open through next summer. Well, hey, here's something that has only changed for the better. Uh, Paragon on top of Queen Anne, so you really need to make a trip over to Queen Anne. Uh, Paragon up here uh, has been closed for several months now, but uh, you can watch their Facebook page or their Instagram page, and you can see that uh, they're going to officially open around August 9th. Uh, the new owners are Kimberly and Eric Rogozinski. Are they associated no, with the Rogo spelled differently. Okay. Spelled differently. And they're, they're sticking with the local live music program that's been in place forever. Um, they're working on a new menu. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the employees that were there when it changed hands are going to be there. Yeah, They're some all of the actually people, helping out with the building. And there's a... Uh, a guy who was the the general manager, and we saw him the other day. It was really nice to yeah. see him. So he's coming back. So that's really, that's great. All right, Citizen 6 owner. We talked about this before, but I finally got the story straight. Citizen 6 owner, and Citizen 6 was in the Inner Bay area. Susanna Olson is morphing that into Lazy Susan and taking over the old crow spot on Lower Queen Anne. But because there's a bar called Citizen... Mm-hmm. Very nearby, she chose to change it to Lazy Susan, so it wouldn't be so confusing. So a lot of her popular dishes are going to be coming along with that change, plus some more dinner items, and they're looking to open in August. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to read the next one, but I want you to take your headphones off and break those little children up over I... there on the floor. Uh, so in a related story, the Champagne Diner is taking over the Citizen Six spot in Inner Bay. So uh, you're not losing a food location. 
that we know of. It's just changing. Uh, and if it's called Champagne Diner, who knows? It could be kind of good. <laughs> I'm going to pick up the next one here. Uh, Avenia Winery has added a new brand. That brand is called Lydian. And the owners see it as an intro to a lifetime of wine appreciation. Not sure quite what that means. That means? She's going to tell us. She's that bad. means it's probably their lower-end wines so people can come into something, learn about wine a little bit. Maybe it's not so expensive, it's not so complex, and they can develop a palate, and then they can move on to the Avenia. Oh, okay. So get them hooked. Yes. Like, you know, sugar. Like sugar. Wine <laughs> is that wine must be at least as addictive as cocaine. And uh they have a GSM, which I'm not sure what does GSM mean? Gewürztraminer? Uh da, 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 da. Or is it a CSM? No, it said G. Okay. So uh that Maybe became cover. available mid-July and there's a Cab Sav and Merlot coming in early 2020. Yes. And then another opening, this one is going to be mid-August, is the Half and Half Donut Company in the former Sun Liquor Distillery spot on Capitol Hill. Now, this is, uh, the, it was two brothers, Michael and Mark Klebeck, who owned Top Pot. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Michael... Oprah's favorite donut shop. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I did not know. She's a Top Pot believer. <laughs> Well, Michael has decided he wants to try out some new concept and ideas, but he doesn't feel like he can really do that through Top Pot. So he's own, uh, opening the half and half to do some interesting things and not stick to a single menu. So there's going to be more uh, rotating things and stuff like that. No seating. It's just grab and go. Espresso available plus drip from local ro- uh, rotating local roasters. All right. Well, I got an itch on my back, so uh, we're going to take a little break here, and Connie's going to come over and scratch it for a second. TMI. uh, Tom Marin information, too much. (laughs) And then we'll come back with the calendar. We'll see you in a minute. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Lenny. I live in Beacon Hill, and one of my favorite restaurants is Parasol, but it happens to be in Retton. Hi, this is Phil Klein with Natchez Heights Vineyards, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show with owner-publisher Tom Marin and senior editor Connie Adams. That would be Tom and I. And we are about to go into the calendar items portion of the show. And we just want to remind you that things go up on the calendar all the time. And so you need to check back frequently at seattledining.com backslash calendar. All righty. Well, we get started with Saturday, August 3rd at 1 p.m., 
Cocktails of Prohibition at Serafina Cicchetti. Mm-mm. And they know how to do this because it's not the first time they've done this one. Mm-mm. So it's uh, $80 per person plus tax and gratuity. Uh, you can explore the forces leading up to Prohibition and innovative cocktails that evolved. See, that's the best thing about Prohibition. Well, made- the forces that led up to Prohibition were kind of ugly. Yeah. <laughs> People just so drunk out of their minds and beatings. I don't know how much I want to explore that. <laughs> if, you, if you're Ooh. into a light afternoon, that's where you need to go. Uh, so the class includes a four-course paired lunch. Lovely way to spend a Saturday. Exactly. Then, um, this is a week-long thing. I think this is kind of funny. It's Monday, August 5th through Sunday, August 11th. It's RBG Week. Uh, Drink and make a difference. So it's in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who founded the ACLU Women's Rights Project. So dozens of Seattle bartenders will feature two signature cocktails. Brovo is donating a dollar from each bottle of their Brovo Amaro No. 4 sold to participating bars in that Money will go to the ACLU. So there's quite a few bars um, involved, but just a few of them are Babar, Central Smoke, Rabbit Hole, Shadowland, The Gerald, Tutabella. So you will be able to find a bar that is going to be part of this. We have a link to this on our calendar, right? Uh, Not yet. I just found it this morning. If we get one, we'll put it up there so you can find out more. Uh, Monday, August 5th through Saturday, August 10th, the Bakery Nouveau's own National S'mores Day celebration. You were all waiting for this. You know it. Wow. That's a, that's a mouthful of s'mores. And it will be a mouthful. William Lehman has created s'mores. No. Smines. No, Smines, personal handheld sandwiches made with graham crackers, shortbread layered with... Chocolate ganache ganache, and vanilla marshmallow filled with salty caramel topped with square with square filled with salty caramel and then topped. He gets confused by sugar. Yeah, this is very long. And I'm as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about our opening. (laughs) (laughs) You can have one. That's all. I I, I try to balance the show with the good and the evil. That's what I know about that event. All right. It's available for those six days and at all three Bakery Nouveau locations. On Friday, August 9th, from 6 to 9 p.m., it's the Gilman Summer Wine, Beer, and Spirits Fest in Gilman Village, 25 per person, and they turn Gilman Village into a unique party venue filled with local wineries, breweries, spirits, live music, and more. You can go to Gilman Village Merchants and find tickets. On Thursday, August 15th at 6 p.m., the Eritage Resort Gift Chef Series for August in Walla Walla. This is going to be $150 per person, plus $75 more if you're going to do the wine pairing with it, plus service charge and tax. So please bring a checkbook associated with your 401k plan. (laughs) A six-course menu celebrating seasonal bounty. And this time around, we've been talking about this through the last few months, the featured chefs are Ethan Stoll, Mitch Mayers of Sawyer, Lauren Scully of The Lake House, Jason Wilson of Fire and Vine Hospitality, 
Brian Price of Eritage Support, or excuse me, Resort. And this time around, the winemaker is Justin Wiley of Vapiano Vineyards. And Justin is the one who kind of had the vision. He had the land out there, and he had sort of the vision and got other people involved who made Eritage happen. So it's kind of fun that he's the winemaker this time. Yeah. Saturday, August 17th, 1130 to 1230, cheese and wine tasting with you know, I, I, I hope I'm saying this right. Keisha Winery. K-A- I think you say Casilla. Casilla? Okay. K-A-S-I-A. I can't say for sure. but It's $35 per person. And we talked about this last month. This is another Gilbert's Cheese Experience event. Um, and he is the guy who makes, he's the head cheesemaker for Beechers. We talked about it last month, too. Uh-huh. Um, so their whole thing is about connecting people with the things they eat and drink with the people who make them, which is... Kind of down our road. We like that. So this is a pairing of artisan creameries with the handcrafted wines. Each ticket includes three samples of cheese and three samples of wine. And the winery is located at 905 First Street in Snohomish. Hey, you know, we talk a lot about wine we do. in the calendar section and, and on the show in general. And as we were doing our sugar research the other day, going beyond the movie, this is interesting. Uh, I discovered several wines that were only one gram of sugar per glass. Most wines are three to four grams of sugar per glass. And those two wines that I discovered, I'm not going to tell you what they are. I want you to go online <laughs> and look up sugars in wines and discover how much is in each type of wine that you like. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. And you may change how you're drinking a little. Uh, let's see here. Next up is the Saturday, August 17th, 11.30 in the morning to 10.30 at night. It's a long one, folks. <laughs> Rosita's fundraiser for Seattle Children's Uncompensated Care Fund. And let me tell you, there's definitely some uncompensated care going out there between the fact that people have uh, higher deductibles, uh, between the fact that a lot of us never changed our auto insurance policy, so we don't have much medical coverage in those. You should. And uh, you never know. So anyways, uh, more details on this. It's a part of Rosita's 40th year anniversary celebration. A hundred percent of total restaurant sales that day will go to the fund. That's pretty generous. So if you can't come, you can donate directly. We have that website address online. And uh, Rosita's opened on April 9th of 1979. Are we talking about Rosita's? Like Green Lake. In Green Lake, yeah. the Mexican place. Yeah. Who also owned the little thing down on Holman Road. Do they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Thursday, August 22nd at 6 p.m. is the Harvest Vine August Paella and Wine Dinner. Mm. That sounds good. 150 per person includes tax and grat, which is nice. It's five-course dinner, wine pairings, and flamenco entertainment. And that's in the Madison Valley. That sounds fun. Hey, you know, uh, I was just thinking about paella because it's a, a, such a versatile food. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have that seasonal chart that we have with the vegetables and, mm-hmm. the, and the poultry and, the, and all the proteins yeah. and stuff. And you, you can kind of look at that chart for what month you're in and come up with the paella that's going to be yeah. best at that time of year. Yeah, that would have the freshest ingredients. Yeah. And, mm. All right. Um, Friday 
at 4 p.m. on August 23rd, and on Sunday the 24th... Goes through Sunday. Oh, goes through Sunday. Uh, well, it must be the 23rd through the 25th if it goes through Sunday. We'll get that figured yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, is Dunham Days. This is the 10th annual event at Dunham Cellars in Walla Walla. Always a fun place to pop into. Mm-hmm. Uh, live music, food trucks, Dunham wines available by bottle or glass, lawn seating. We've got local artists on site. There will be a brunch on Sunday. That's going to be $25 per person. Uh, that's uh, w- that'll include the Wine Country Culinary Institute food and Riesling mimosas. Fifty mm-hmm. percent of all the ticket proceeds go to Reach Out Walla Walla. Always nice to see people doing nice things for others. All right, the last one we have this month is Saturday, August thirty-first, and you know that's the last day of the month, so that seems right. It's at 1 p.m., and again, we're going back to Serafina Cicchetti and exploring the world whiskeys. It's 80 per person plus tax and grat. Class will explore some unique regions outside the U.S. where whiskey is produced and methods of production, as well as cocktails crafted from those whiskeys. So we won't be talking about Jack Daniels this time. No. And that includes a four-course paired lunch. Yet another wonderful Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Got to take advantage of those in the summer, you know. Exactly. Got all that nice weather going on. Mm-hmm. All right, that's our calendar. There's more online at seattledining.com. Just click on calendar. We're going to take a second and uh, click off the machine here while you listen to a few of our sponsors and some of our readers. And, and then music. when we come back, we've got a very nice interview with uh, a new owner of a well-known shop here in Seattle. We'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, I'm Danielle. I live in Ballard, just moved here from Orlando, Florida. One of the restaurants I love so far is Bitterroot off Ballard Ave. It's got phenomenal smoked barbecue foods, really southern. It was delicious. Hey, this is Christopher Chan, the host of Happy Hour Radio. And right now you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, owner-publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house. And uh, we're up here on Queen Anne in the test kitchen today recording. And below us is the wonderful, what has always been known as the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. But it's had a change of ownership, and it's going to have a name change. So Connie has gotten together with one of the owners, and we're going to do a little interview with her right now. Go ahead, Connie. Take it away. Thank you. Debbie, welcome. Thank you. Um, You're actually the only owner, aren't you? Or does your husband own it Well, my husband and I jointly own it, but I say he's a silent partner except for when I ask him to speak. (laughs) (laughs) I've met him. He's very quiet. He's very nice. He's very nice. Very supportive. (laughs) 
Well, what you're doing is name change wise, it's now called A Bit of Taste. Yes. The Queen Anne Olive Oil Company. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's just what was the impetus behind that, just to add in? Well, I think, and thinking broadly and long range, to me, the products call out for that. They're mm -hmm. all about the tasting and sampling before you purchase. That's right. And the other products that we're carrying, other specialty gourmet items, also we do that with them. Anything that we can in the store open and have you taste before you purchase, we're happy to do that. So to me, it went along with that whole experience. So when I was thinking of naming what was available, you know, it's complex, mm -hmm. that process. Oh, yes. It was like that came to mind. And I like keeping the Queen Anne Olive Oil Company name and tagline because as I hopefully open other locations, then we can have that same branding and naming oh, in place. That's mm -hmm. a great idea. Great mm -hmm. idea. Let's go back a little further. Sure. You were looking for a business opportunity. What brought you to the olive oil business? Well, it was a little bit of a process. I've been using the products myself for about nine years, oh, okay. but from a different location because there's very few locations around in our area. Mm -hmm. And I first discovered them from a store that opened in Bellingham called Drizzle. I'd go up there periodically, actually do the Village Books, and oh, then yeah. they opened a little spot next to the kitchen shop next to Village Books. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It was a whole new concept at that time. Yeah. But I was very intrigued by it, l bought some of the products, loved them, would plan special trips or purchase every time I'd pass mm -hmm. through, um, started noticing them in other locations, companies like them or, you know, different names and mm -hmm. would always try them. And I've just fallen in love. I love cooking. And so mm -hmm. to me, the products go long, you know, with that. Oh, yeah. Adds so much. Now, yeah. was Drizzle sourcing from the same place that Queen Anne Olive Oil is sourcing from? Yeah, they do source. We okay. have the same supplier okay. and we're independently owned and operated. It's like private licensing, but they provide a lot of training and support and they... Um, create the products and infuse the ones that are infused. And, mm -hmm. yeah, they're a great supplier and support to our business. We like that supplier. Yes. We've tasted some others from other places, but uh, this, this supplier is always consistent. Oh, I so great agree. Flavors and I so agree. I've, you know, because I fell in love with those kind of products, any place I'd go on vacation, I'd always go into stores, I'd try, I'd buy, I'd bring them home, and started realizing there wasn't anybody better, in my opinion. Yeah. And so um, the ones that do supply in that area, uh, Drizzle and Fairhaven, the Anacortes Oil and Vinegar Shop, the Port Townsend Shop, us, the one, unfortunately, in Bothell, right now it's closed or temporarily closed. I'm not sure which with the closer of Country yeah. Village. Yeah. Wenatchee, and I'm still learning the other ones in the areas because I like to let people know where they can get these products if they're not in our area. Right. So if you buy the ones in Bothell now that they're closed, just come on down to Queen Anne. That's right. Yes. Well, I get people from Redmond. I had a customer from yeah. Redmond last week that came in. They come over twice a year. They're like, I want two bottles of this, four bottles of that, six <laughs> bottles of this. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny, too, they're, you know, we're in the building together. Yes. And uh, there's people in the building who were just like, what do you mean they're selling? What's going to happen? I'm their biggest customer, you know, and they're I right heard, downstairs. I heard that from a lot of people. Our customer base is fabulous, and I think the Queen Anne community, I am so in love with. It's amazing. Isn't it, it a great spot? It is. Yeah, I'm just finding it just wonderful all around. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't planned on setting up in Queen Anne. I'd actually planned on opening Snohomish. Oh. I had a potential on a lease, and that fell through. And in my market research, I came down to the store mm -hmm. and met the owners, met Gary, 
And uh, he's like, well, the place is for sale. And I'm like, mm, a little far for me. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I think God had other plans, and it came about that way. Yeah. So Now we've got serious. Yeah, go ahead. Close that window if you want. <laughs> we've got some serious activity in the... So you're driving every day down here from Everett, right? Arlington. Most days. Arlington. I know, Lake Stevens. I live in Lake Stevens. Ah, okay, Lake yeah. Stevens. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we spend the night here, Airbnb or hotels and... And uh, or last night we stayed at a friend's house in Shoreline, and then it cuts on the commute because my husband also works in Seattle. So we had, yeah. you know, commuted together, had breakfast together, then come up here. We're making it work. We're making yeah. it work. Yeah. And yeah. if you're happy where you're working, yeah, it makes it easier. It's not going to be, you know, ideal yeah. forever, but you can make that work. But I've never minded drive time. I've done. I used to own and operate my own business for 25 years, and would go from small business to small business. And so I've never minded uh-huh. drive time. It's thinking time. It's processing mm-hmm. time. It's yeah. yeah. Um, since you've gotten into this and and seriously started researching, and then and then started the education process yeah. through the distributor. Um, or the supplier, what what are the things you've learned and how is that impacting what you're doing change-wise in the store? Yeah, that's been fascinating to me because I always liked the products, and of course, first from a culinary standpoint and the mm-hmm. taste standpoint. And now, as I've gotten into it, I'm starting to learn other benefits, like the health benefits, you know, what we may call the nutraceutical benefits of olive oil particularly, but also of the balsamic vinegars. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really like I say. There's three legs to the business. There's the culinary aspect. There's the nutraceutical and medicinal value of them. And then there's the educational component, you know, of our business. And I'm really impressed with what I'm learning about olive oil from the health benefits. It's been around for, you know, what centuries? Centuries. I mean, yeah. what's, what do we say for like hundreds, yeah. thousands of years? You yeah. know. And forever, forever, and it's <laughs> it's well research based. So, as an educator, to me, having it peer reviewed, research based values of it is really impressive. Versus some newer oils that are in the market, that you're going, okay, has this really been research based or mm-hmm. um, well, known? So, actually, there's been a lot of hubbub in the last couple of years about how some olive oils don't even have olive oil in them. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, they're really not good and and then there's really low quality olive yeah. oil and it's all you wouldn't know you wouldn't know so. unless there's people out there testing it like um the university in california that was a leader in that mm-hmm. and seeing that okay they're cut with other products or maybe they were extra virgin at the time they were processed but by the time they've been on the shelf or in the warehouse they no mm-hmm. longer are where our products you know the date they were crushed you know then that they've got a rapid shipment process. They end up in our store, and we educate people to use their olive oil within 16 months to two years at the most so that you keep those values and properties of it. Mm-hmm. Teach them about the chemical properties in olive oil and ha- what each part of those mean, like biophenols or polyphenols, the antioxidant properties, mm-hmm. free fatty acids, which indicate how high a temperature you can cook with it, among other things. And there's so much more that I'm still learning myself. Oh, yeah. 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 It's fascinating. Well, part of that education process for you, you're going to turn around and mm-hmm. do in the store. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm going to do some classes in the store, and I, I'm getting the sense that there's probably going to be more demand for them than I can keep up with. <laughs> and Great. talking to other store owners, it's like, how do you limit or... You know, there's a lot of different ways the classes could go. I did my first trial run at one we're going to call 
Olive Oil 101, Facts and Fiction. Mm -hmm. And so kind of a basic primer on teaching people about olive oil. And being an educator, then I think, okay, then we could go to the master's level or the 201 level and have another class. But people are also very fascinated by what they're learning about the vinegars and the use of vinegars and the value of vinegars. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting requests to come into businesses and hold classes or workshops at their place. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's workspace in our area where like 60 workers are setting up small businesses um, not like an incubator, but kind of the level beyond that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some interest in that. There's also a woman who's introduced me to the tower garden concept, and we're going to have one of those in our shop, and then we can have classes teaching people how to create their own salad garden tower. Oh, how fun. Yeah, so a lot of fun things uh, in the works, and we're just encouraging people to keep up on our social media and where we're posting things, Instagram, Facebook. We'll have our classes there, as well as the old-fashioned paper in the store and newsletter that we'll start as we get our contact base built up. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Now, you also are going to bring some other products in that are not edible. Yes. Um, what are you recalling? Well, you were talking about some soaps and oh, yeah. serums, maybe. Yeah, we, we already have them, and I just have to price them and get them displayed. Oh, okay. uh, we have, from our same suppliers, some health and beauty products. We have a few on the shelves now. We have the hand soap, which has been out there for a while, bar soap. Fabulous, long-lasting, lathers well. I've been using it in my shower at home and love it. And you've got a sink right there in the store so a customer can come in and and test that as well. Yes, we have our our liquid soap there and our bar soap as well as the hand moisturizer and the hand balm um, all right there. And then I have the – there's a whole beauty line for uh, beauty lotion and cleansing and serum that we'll be putting – I hope that's out this week on our shelves – and so we've created some table space that I just have to now price and just do display design. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so I'm exciting. excited about that. And then, yeah, we're thinking of bringing in some other um, items to some, like, what's maybe a f- just a few kitchen items. Like, what's the best mm. knife that you could oh. have? What's the best mm. maybe salt and pepper grinder to go along with the salt and pepper that we sell? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. And we're taking down, I started a little booklet with customer requests so we can keep track of ideas that our oh, customers yeah. have. Because... Yeah. I believe our customers are a great asset and knowledge base to draw from. You know, I have a suggestion right now. Okay. Um, At one time years ago, I was interviewing a guy who made the pepper grinders, (laughs) beautiful wood things. And so he sent me home with a ton of different, he imported peppercorns also. Oh, yeah. And so I had all these things and I want to try them, but you're not going to buy 10 peppercorns, uh, pepper grinders. They're so expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. So and take up space. To have some small ones that you mm. could do, you know, and have three or four at home. Right. Because sometimes you want a white pepper. Sometimes you want that Chinese. Kind of like our small sample size yes. of oil and vinegar bottles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did give me some little, a couple little ones. But honestly, they just broke immediately. They oh, weren't yeah. any quality. You want something that you can, mm-hmm. you know. But in a small size, so oh, that's that you a good can idea. Have. Well, and for something like that, maybe a mortar and pestle is in order. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have for, one of those at home. For short run stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. I've I've heard where people say, you know, I have own two coffee bean grinders: one for your coffee beans and one for your spices. Mm. Mine cleans up nice enough. I could use just one for any of that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'd go for having like ten little teeny. Grinders, yeah. but even maybe three or four. I see yeah. what you're saying, Connie. Yeah, could be an idea. Yeah, I just, I just, 
I, it was such an eye-opener to have that many different peppercorns, mm-hmm. and it really does make a difference whether you want it spicy or if well, you're making a white thing, you don't want anything but white pepper. White in there, chicken want... chili, got to have yeah. it all white, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's, I think, lots of good ideas like that. And we're planning on carrying long-term uh, salts, more salts. Oh, good. The salts, Tom, is the one that surprised me. Like, you're talking peppercorns, but yeah. mm-hmm. now salts are so popular. How many salts oh, are yeah. there out there? It's amazing. Yeah. And when you taste them, and part of that tasting thing for me came from a lifestyle medicine class that I took for the doctor up in Everett. Mm-hmm. And she had us taste, like, taste your salt with nothing else. Taste your oil with nothing else. Taste your vinegars with nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that way you really know what you're putting in your food. That's one yes. of my rules when I'm yeah. cooking. If I don't like the way one ingredient tastes, I need to find the right one that does taste good. Exactly. Before I blend it with my food. But how do you know that if you don't taste? Like, I never thought of tasting salt. And when I tasted them, I was blown away by how different they taste. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. low-sodium one, totally different taste than the regular salt. Yeah. And yet we're putting in a salt, and salt is salt. But salt is yeah. not just salt. Well, you know... Olive oils are a bit like that too, like yeah. wine. You know, I mm-hmm. I tend to like the really young, grassy kind of mm. olive oils from Australia. Often things mm. like that. I love that. The Australians are coming in this week. Oh, I'll be down. The southern hemisphere <laughs> is arriving. But well, you know, sometimes that's not what you want in your dish. Yes, exactly. You, so it's the same kind of thing. You can say, "Well, that's my favorite. I'm just getting a bottle of that, and I'll be mm. good." Might not work. And that's something to point out here is that people who are just learning about olive oil, like so many of the customers that you have, Mm -hmm. the casual buyers, they've been trained to believe that olive oil comes from Italy or the Mediterranean. And uh, I know that your supplier sources all over the world. We do. Italy, you know, is really likes to tout themselves as the oil producing country in the world. And they are, but actually the largest producer is Spain. Mm. And Italy is the largest consumer. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. That's like, one of like the potatoes. tips from our oil and vinegar class. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. They think that Idaho produces all the potatoes, and the fact is Washington produces more potatoes than Idaho. Exactly, exactly. And how much olive oil does California produce yet? No, I don't Probably know. Probably a lot, huh? You think, but come to the class and you'll find oh. out. Ah. <laughs> it's a teaser. <laughs> Oh, they tore down all the olive groves to build homes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Or wine. You know, Walla Walla took out all the wheat fields to build wine. Yeah. This is really fuzzy now. Fuzzy sounding. Oh, I don't know. Um, It was for a minute. The the batteries are low in the headphone out. Oh, maybe that's what it is. We can cut that out later. Um, Anything else you'd like people to know? Reasons they should come in? I think reasons they should come in... I talked to my friend, Sean O'Donnell, who owns a restaurant in Fremont and Everett, and asked his advice as I was setting this up. And he gave me such excellent advice, which later it was cute because he didn't recall it. But he said <laughs> what he's learned in his years is that people want an amazing experience. Yes. And so that's what we are trying to provide. And we're not just where you can come in and purchase. You can do that. You can walk in, purchase, walk out. But we really want to provide an amazing experience in a space where you can, our tagline is savor, gather, and linger. And so we want to be changing the space some as we go along. Our painting is going to be starting today. Oh, great. Um, the look and decor is going to totally change. We're carrying all of the base product that we have and will continue to, but we'll be adding to it. So my thing I would like to add is keep coming back. Check us yes. out. There's going to be a lot of changes over the next month to six months. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably towards the end of September or beginning of October do re-grand opening events. Oh, great. And let people really know that the changes have all happened to introduce it. 
after I'm back from my trip to Italy. <laughs> yes. And and you're doing a nice job with your social media. You're not being annoying by posting 10 oh, times you. a day or anything like that. So that's a good way to know what's going yeah. on play-by-play play with you guys. And that's a shout-out to my social media team, Chloe, and her nephew, Topper, are doing an amazing job for oh, us. Great. Yeah. The other thing is you are doing some fun things like Sundays. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a little ice cream, and then you can try different balsamic vinegars yeah. on them, mm-hmm. which, of course... We are very into. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Introducing people to, I, I want to make a list called the you know, 101 things we can do with oil and vinegar and give well, people a sense of how many different things there are that you can do. Mm-hmm. I just learned a tip from, I went for um, a manicure and I had a problem with a nail where it had a little infection and had like grown down. Or, uh-huh. you know, and the woman amazingly said, put a little vinegar on that and your nail bed will grow back. And I was blown away. I'm like, okay, another tip wow. for my 101 list. And if it happens to be your thumb, you could put a flavored <laughs> vinegar on it and then suck it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will add, you know, keep... Uh, think about the oils and how you can use it. I'm using the tea rose oil for my face oil. Uh-huh. I've used it for some skin problems. It has cleared up my eczema. It's helped um, little hematomas that I've had. So there's so many wow. more things that these products can do than just be taken in culinary. They can mm-hmm. help you systemically. You know, I um, have a chiropractor, and she says, and this is she was specifically referring to sunscreen, but mm-hmm. she said, I would never put something on my skin that I wouldn't eat. It's your largest organ. And it's like, hmm, I had never thought of that, but it's like, why would you? It goes through. It's your largest organ. Yeah. Think about the medicines that you're given topically, and you take them in, and they affect you systemically taking them topically. Yeah. So same thing. Oh, crazy. Debbie, we're so happy you've thank taken you. over the, the company downstairs and that you're doing so many fun things. And I'm very thank happy, you. too. I love it, and thank you for the opportunity to come here and answer your questions and share. You thank bet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming up the stairs today. Yes. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back with some tips and tricks. Hi, this is Jeff Leichleiter with Tim's Cascade Snacks, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Looking to have some serious fun with your food? You better come to the 18th Annual Cooking with Class fundraiser. It's September 12th at Salty's on Alki with that beautiful city skyline view. You choose three chefs and learn to make a dish with each of them. A lot of wineries have donated wines to pair with those chef's dishes. There's a live auction and raffle. And the event benefits low-income and homeless seniors via the Pike Place Market Foundation. You can find information and register to attend on seattledining.com backslash CWC. Make your reservations today. Hi, this is Carrie. I live down in Ording, and if you're ever down that way, stop in and check out Route 66 Pizza. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. This is what we call the outro, but uh, we don't like to leave you without a couple of good tips and tricks that you can use at home or when you're dining out. So, uh, Connie, you got one here? Yeah, you know, I was thinking we were talking about healthy options and things like that. When you're eating out, you know, look at the menu and maybe do a little mix and match. Most restaurants will do this. So, 
Say you've ordered a steak, but you don't want potatoes because it's a quick carb and whatever. Mm-hmm. Look at the other entree items. Look at the other fish, chicken, whatever. Some of them will have, uh, they'll be paired with vegetables or, you know, or there might be sides. You can get a side of a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, just say, I'd rather do that than the potatoes. And then you have a little bit healthier meal and it's maybe more what you want and it's not been a problem for anybody. You know, that's my tip. Okay. It's a good one. I use that one all the time. Mm-hmm, you do. I don't want to eat half the stuff on most menus. So, <laughs> well, uh, I have this little condition where my I'm a left-handed guy, and my left hand is currently out of commission, so I cannot eat with my left hand. So um, I'm I'm learning and getting better and better with trying to eat with my right hand using utensils, but it's not always fun. So, it is uh, fun for me. Been, yeah, to watch. <laughs> watch your old geriatric buddy, Tom. Mm. Watch the food shake as he brings it up to his... Oh, mm. he didn't make it in. Make it. I prefer to eat at your house, by the way, because my house is getting messy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I'm learning to do is uh, I like to uh, eat things that I... You know, finger foods that are good for me. I want, want to roll up some uh, organic ham and cheese and dip that in mustard. I might want to get some carrots and have those sliced up. Uh, Nuts. I love to eat nuts. Mm -hmm. And so I can uh, put those in a ramekin and then just kind of pick that up and toss them down the gullet. Uh, But it's, uh, you know, it gets gets so tiring trying to hold a spoon or hold a fork. And, of course, I can't cut anything. Yeah. So uh, I kind of need to, you know, you know, maybe a little sushi would be nice. Can you make me up some yeah, sushi? There you go. You know, I have never had children, and so this has been quite an adventure for me. I get to cut meat up, and that's funny know. that you've been with me all these years, and you say you've never had children when, since you've been with one the whole time. That's true. You got a point. I just didn't have to cut your meat up, but other childlike <laughs> things are happening constantly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's time to wrap up the August show. Thank you so much for joining us again. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. We'll see you next month. Bye. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show